All right, this is Two Minutes to Life, episode six with Adam and Tanner. Um, <laughs> so, actually, doing the story this week. So last week you said you wanted to cut out caffeine, um, and this week, so I was a little offended because I love coffee. <laughs> I was like, man, if you like, <laughs> you cut out caffeine, but I'm never cutting out caffeine. <laughs> I was making my coffee yesterday. Well, okay, so. You know, I've had my jar of coffee most, like, most of the time. I've always had my jar of coffee. Um, I was making my coffee this morning. I felt a little get guilty, so I downsized my coffee to, like, a smaller little jar. But before I did this, um, I had my, like, normal-sized jar. My girl wanted coffee the other day, and so I made her coffee in that jar or whatever, and I gave it to her, and I was like, shit, I just don't need coffee. This was like two days ago, and I have a bigger pickle jar. And so I was like, I'll just make, like, I'll fill this bitch with coffee. And so I made, like, enough coffee to fill this massive, like, pickle jar. And I was, like, drinking coffee out of that thing for, like, two days. And then I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> right? This is ridiculous. Which is probably why I'm so desensitized, like, today from coffee. I already finished my coffee <laughs> before the, we even started. Uh, but I've downsized to a, a smaller little jar. This is what. These are the jars that I buy my lemon gingerade every week. And and so I decided to start using this as my coffee jar because I'm like, all right, Adam might have a point. I should probably go a little bit less on, on the caffeine because <laughs> I drank like probably a quart of coffee in two days, which is a lot. It's <laughs> like, a right, lot, man. This is ridiculous. <laughs> so I've downsized today using a smaller smaller serving size of coffee and I don't feel anything from it so that's unfortunate but it's okay I'll wake I feel up like uh, coffee should or caffeine in general I don't I don't know if it should be a daily thing that's just in my my opinion because you become what is it insensitive or intolerant yeah desensitized or yeah your tolerance caffeine tolerance shoots up well, there is a little bit of science that says that it, like, squeezes the shit out of your adrenal glands and, like, turns them into raisins. Um, so, <laughs> it's not a good thing. But I love the taste of coffee. <laughs> it's delicious. Yeah. Which isn't justified. Speaking of tastes of drinks, I was at... Where was I the other day? I was overhearing this conversation between this girl, her sister, and her boyfriend or whatever... And I was a little disgusted by this conversation. I'm not going to lie. Um, she was like, and I, I, you ever like, you hear people talking and then you hear like a, a trigger word or something. And so you decide to just like stop whatever you're doing and kind of listen to the rest of their conversation. Happens all the oh, time. Yeah. Um, but she was like, I just don't really like the taste of water. And I immediately stopped and I was like, <laughs> I was like, what is this bitch going to say next? <laughs> like. She's like, whenever I'm thirsty, I just never go for water. I typically just choose Sprite. And I was like, what? She's like, whenever I'm thirsty, I just don't really like the taste of water. So I typically just drink Sprite. The only time, actually, that's not true. The only time I like to drink water is sometimes like right in the morning when my mouth is dry. I'll sometimes like have a drink of water. But then mostly throughout the day, I just drink Sprite. And in my head, I'm like, you're going to die in 30 years like or less. Like you're not going to make it. I felt so bad, but I hey, realized... Believe it or not, that's that's huge, man. That's crazy. I know so many people. It's just like, I can't... They're like, I can't drink water. Like, what? And so what do you mean? <laughs> a lot of times they'll have to add, like, is there, say they're trying to improve their water intake, but they hate water, and so they're adding flavoring into their water. Like, I have to add this flavoring. Like, I can't stand water. I'm just like, I don't, I don't get it personally, but I know there's tons of people out there that they just, can't, they just don't like water. It's... That's wild to me because, like, your body's the majority of it's just made up of water. And so, it's like, I feel like it should be the one thing you do crave when, like, you're thirsty. Which I can understand why people want taste with water, but I think it's not taste that they're desiring. I think it's just electrolytes. Um, because, like, whenever I'm, like, really, really thirsty, I typically want, like, salty water. I want, like, something salty or something in my water that's so that. And I think it's just, like, a trigger of the body that it knows when it's like deficient in its sodium. So, but yeah, she was like, I typically just don't go for water. 
I always just chew Sprite throughout the day. And like, I don't really like the taste of water. I just drink Sprite. And in my head, I'm like, how are you still alive? And she was young. She was probably 20, early 20s. She was probably like 20. Boyfriend was just some military buck, just chilling. But her friend was like, oh, yeah. Oh, no, it was her sister, I'm pretty sure, from what I was hearing. Like, oh yeah, I typically I typically like to drink lemon water, that helps me, which is fine. Yeah, lemon water's great. I was like, yeah, that's good. The girl was like, no, no, I just don't like it. I, I prefer Sprite. I'm like, damn, like that's gotta be so rough on your body. Like, that's gotta fucking hurt. I think uh, a lot of it has to do with like what you're accustomed to. That's true. Like if you don't drink a lot of water, you're not gonna like water. Like for me personally, uh just trying to cut uh, simple carbs out of my diet my body craves them like and it was super hard at first to try to cut some of these out because my body's just like dying for these things and like looking at some studies it's it's true like your body will accustom to these things to the what you're giving it and then when you try to change it it's just it doesn't like it and so i think that has something to do with it is just if you're not drinking water you're not going to like water how are yeah. you gonna like water? Start drinking water, you know? I think that's, that's the truth behind it. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. It is it is hard because like that's probably how she grew up. That's probably like her childhood. It was like when she was thirsty, her mom probably handed her a sprite and that's like all she knew. And like that's just acceptable. Like that to her that was like that's life. That's like this is how I operate through life. I get thirsty, I drink sprite. This is how it's been since I was three. Which Shame on her mom, first of all. <laughs> Which I shouldn't, I don't even know. I'm just making assumptions at this point. <laughs> but still, I, I do feel bad because most people don't understand that it's not an easy fat to lose. Like, high fructose corn syrup is brutal on the body, brutal on the organs. But yeah, you're probably, you're definitely right on, on that one. It's probably just something that they're like super accustomed to that they just don't know how to replace. So when they do try water, they're like, this is boring. Like, this sucks. But, I mean, I think a lot of it also comes down to just, like, the sedentary lifestyle of, like, being super used to, like, those simple carbs and, like, quick sugar, uh, like, rush, uh, quick dopamine fix. Because you get it throughout the day. Like, a lot of the, I, I mean, we used to be a victim of it when we were kids. Like, that's all we really had was just, like, that quick sugar throughout the day, which, like, last episode I was talking about it, like, after school lunches, like in the day when I was just like clocked out after lunch, just passing out in class, it was just like, Goodnight. that's all we ate. Which as a kid, your body can just like blast through those calories, like no problem. It's like, whatever we can get, we'll take it. We'll freaking take it. And then you grow up and you're like, uh-uh, <laughs> I want something real. Well, it's crazy to look at upbringing, you know, and a lot of kids and personally, uh, I remember seeing there's there's this mother online that's gone pretty viral because she only fed her kid like I think it's like meat and vegetables just something like nothing like that and she said there was one time where her mother fed her her kid uh, sugar and the kid was screaming all day long because it just wasn't accustomed to it it didn't like the sugar and so it just comes to show like our upbringing and how it's gonna shape our our cravings and our desires. That is wild. That is really interesting. That's something I've, I've been thinking about um, just throughout my life is like, I want to make sure that I have, because I've been messing around with so many diets, like ever since high school, I'd say my senior year when I had those three trainers, that, like taught me all about my diet and physique and whatnot. I've been like trying to maximize my diet, in all these different areas, all these different like just macronutrients, trace minerals. I remember the first time I was experimenting with trace minerals was my senior year. I would put drops of trace minerals in my water because you can buy them. Um, and I was like, I want to, before I ever have kids, I want to maximize my genetic expression like as, as best as I can, like in the best possible way. I want to make sure before I have kids, like I'm at least two years, like not a sip of alcohol, like, no cannabis, nothing, like no nicotine in the system, just like great diet, great physique. So that like when I do pass on the that genetic code, because that's what it is, it's just a genetic code that you're like passing on. 
Like I want to make sure it's just completely optimized because as a kid, I didn't have a head start. Like I had crap testosterone levels. Like I had horrible testosterone levels as a kid. It was embarrassing. Like it was pathetic. So I want to make sure that like I just I that's something I've thought about for a long time since high school. It's like I want to make sure that my genetic expression is at its like peak state and I'm not abusing my body in any way so that when the time comes for me to pass on my genetic code that it's at it's like optimal level through epigenetics that would that's like something that a lot of people we know didn't do they just had kids as fast as they could no offense <laughs> not, not, not bashing on anybody i love you all but <laughs> you know well, I, don't, I don't know any science behind that so i can't speak in relation to that but yeah. like what so what do you mean when it comes does it affect uh, what does it affect when you, uh, for example, with testosterone, if you have higher testosterone when you're mating, how does that affect your production of children? I mean, I guess sperm count probably helped that way, right? Well, also healthier sperm. So this is the thing is like a lot of people haven't looked into it. This is something that I had like somebody mentioned the word to me in seventh grade, epigenetics. And I was like, what is that? And so I looked it up and it's just changing your genetic code based off of what you eat. It's optimizing just your physiological being based off of the foods and the, the input. It's basically changing the output by changing the input. It's just the basic science of like, what you put in your body will change what comes out. And I was like, that's really interesting because as a kid, like I had really, I had terrible testosterone levels. Like I grew up with really bad gynecomastia. Like I just had like, my bones were brittle. Like you remember I was always breaking my arms constantly breaking my damn arms like it was pathetic i was always getting hurt and i was like something's not right like none of my friends are getting hurt and yes i was a little more reckless but i would just fall and then break shit and i'm like this isn't right like this isn't this doesn't seem right and so i started looking into epigenetics and i was like okay you can change a lot of your like genetic expression just based off of the things you're putting into your body and so that's when I like started taking more calcium because I was like, oh, my bones are probably breaking so easily because I have no calcium. And then I like optimized my vitamin D. And then I was like, oh, I don't want to have like a really bad, I don't want to have really bad eyesight later in life. So I need my vitamin A and vitamin E. And I think it was lysine, lysine. Uh, I can't, I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, and I just started like optimizing all of these things. And when you decide to have kids, you your body takes that genetic expression and puts it into your sperm. So you obviously are, you know, as a man, like you've got new sperm like every day going in. And they, they see this, like if, if you, this is something that I really like is there's this bodybuilder that I follow, Mike O'Hearn. Um, whether he's natural or not, there's a huge debate whether he's natural. He's claimed natty for years. He looks phenomenal. He looks amazing. He's like 50 something years old and he's, more shredded than most dudes in the scene. And he's kept his physique for like 30 years, 30 plus years. And people are like, you're not natural. But when you look at him, you're like, this dude's been lifting for this many years and he's not lost it. Like it's not gone away. He hasn't gotten super bloated or anything like that. He's kept this like chiseled physique. And if you were on any sort of PEDs, it would be very difficult to maintain that kind of physique for such an extended period of time. Um, and I'm not saying factually, like I don't know factually, but when he decided to have a kid, he's in his fifties, him and his wife finally decided to have a kid. They had this kid and they call him little Titan. Um, and they'll post pictures of him. This kid hit like three years old, okay? Shredded to the bone. This kid's got a full six pack at three years old, just shredded to the bone. His back muscles are just crazy. And I'm like, okay, he passed on perfect genetics to that kid like absolutely perfect genetics to that kid and that kid's got the biggest head start amongst all of the kids in his school like he's gonna get to 16 and just be naturally yoked like no matter what he's gonna do and i truly believe that it's gonna be hard for him for this kid to get out of shape because of the genetics that his parents passed on both of his parents lift and eat really 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 healthy and so i know that like when you have that healthy input, it changes that like genetic expression and it, you pass it on through every cell in your body, through every single cell in your body because you're replacing those cells constantly. And it's just, I, to me, it's like, okay, it's basic. If I'm replacing the cells and the sperm that I'm producing and I'm replacing it with like a really good input, then the output is gonna be amazing. 
And that's what I want. It's like when I have the output of like posterity of children, I want to make sure that like their genetic expression from me is at its optimal point. I don't want to be like a lot of people that I knew that were drinking for two years before they popped out a child or like smoking cigarettes for years and years before they popped out a child. Because I'm going to be brutally honest right now. I've had a couple of friends that had kids in the heat of their drinking phase and they had this kid and with all disrespect, your kid was the ugliest thing that I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> I look at some of these people's kids and I'm like, bro, like you gave your kid no advantage, like zero advantage. They came out looking horrible. And I mean it with all the disrespect in the world. <laughs> like, and I don't like, I, I just, I'd rather be honest about it because going forward, I think it's something that we should all take into account is like, your input will deliver the output. It will like what you put out what you pass on will be whatever your input has been and so that's something i've just paid attention to since high school like i want to make sure my input is like up here so when output comes out it's like up here or somewhere around that level but, i mean i try not to be a dick about it but some people had kids in the heat of their drinking for three years and those kids came out ugly as hell and We'll see if karma comes around and your kid just pops out ugly little nose. <laughs> My kid's just <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> We're talking so much shit. Oh my god, funny. <laughs> no, it makes sense though. Head. It's just like obviously, you know, your health is gonna yeah move on to your 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 children's health. So obviously, you want to be in healthy and good shape. Obviously, mm -hmm. when you're procreating, I yeah. just it's common logic, I guess. Yeah, it's just input output. That's all it is. Like you want a great output on physique, you eat healthy. And I think it's the same with kids. Like if you want to give your kids a head start, like put in a good amount and a healthy amount of the right things into your body before you decide to make that output. Because if you don't, like you're not giving them a head start. I didn't get a head start on genetics. Like I came out with shit testosterone and I had to fight my way up, which it's fine don't get me wrong like i've learned a lot i've learned so much about nutrition and all of that kind of stuff but now that i do know this stuff i'm gonna make sure my kids know like i'm just gonna educate them on the fact like hey before you have kids make sure that you're feeling great <laughs> you're feeling tip top because you don't want those kids coming out like my friend over here <laughs> no disrespect i mean all the disrespect <laughs> I'm also glad I've waited. Really glad I've waited. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, that's something, because I know that you've, uh, a lot of our friends have kids pretty young, and both you and I have yet to have kids. So we've both been like, oh, wait, 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 <laughs> And has that been something on your mind? Like, because I know some people don't even think about it. They're like, ah, oh, you know, when you have kids, you have kids. You know, it is what it is. And, but some people are like, wait, like, I want to make sure that I'm doing this shit right. And I know well, that you're taking your time. Yeah, it's more so, I would say I haven't thought much about the, the health benefits of my, like, health for me and fitness has always been kind of a personal ordeal. So I've never really had a mindset of passing that on to the children and being healthy for the procreation. Mine has more of been a mental type of deal and how I'm going to upbring them mentally and physically and how I'm going to, how I want to enforce, you know, rules that I want them to comply by and yada yada. And so I've been thinking more mentally, mental side of it on how I'm going to upbring them rather than the, the physical side of being healthy so they are healthy but it's it's a good thing to think about but i've never yeah thought of the physical side only the mental you know, make them work out for sure <laughs> but it's i don't know it's kind of a interesting topic because you know having kids early or waiting i mean i would say i'm a lot more prepared than a lot of people i know who had kids at really young just because you know, obviously I have had more life experiences than them when they were younger and I have the opportunity of seeing them upbringing their kids and deciding which things I want to do with my kids or not. Uh, 
so it's it's kind of interesting because I don't like, but having kids, it's it kind of goes along the lines of like you're never actually ready for something until it has passed kind of deal. So like yeah. when I have kids, am I actually going to be ready? Like, or, you know, so I don't know if telling them that they shouldn't have had kids young. I don't like mm -hmm. it's it, to each one his own. Um, obviously, I mean, if I found someone to have kids with early on, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't be in the same boat as them. You know, mm -hmm. I couldn't say that, but I'm yeah. happy I am where I am now because I feel like I'm a lot more prepared than I would have been at a younger age. So yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of teach man his own type of deal. Yeah. I, I'm also pretty biased. I'm very, I'm very biased just by, on the way that like I've taken on just education on genetics and whatnot. Um, there is a belief that I have. I'm not saying that it's like factual. Um, there is a part of it that is factual. So the part that is factual is like a woman's brain is not fully developed until she's around 24 years old. And a male's brain isn't fully developed until he's around 26 years old. And I had no clue what I wanted to provide to the world until I hit 26. And I can say that like, honestly, like until I hit 26 years old, I had no clue what the fuck I was doing. I was like, I'm here and I'm firing from the hip. Like, I'm just like, whatever's whatever. And I hit 26, and I was like, wait, what do I actually want to bring forward to this world? Like, what do I want to give? What do I want to leave behind? And then I finally decided, like, this is what I want to do. And I think about it, I think about this often. It's like, if I had kids before that, before I knew what I wanted to do in the world, their first number of years is going to be watching their dad, like, not even know what he wants to do with his life. And I saw it. And, and I, I try not to like disrespect my parents um, too much, <laughs> but my mother's whole purpose was her children. That, that, that's what she made her purpose, was like, oh, my entire purpose is my children. And I, I truly believe it's because she had kids too young. She hadn't figured out her actual, like what she wanted to do in this life, because you only get your kids for 18 years. And after that, you, you've seen them for 90% of the time that you're going to see them. After that, you will, there's only 10% left that you'll actually see them for the rest of your life. Like once they hit 18, you've spent 90% of the time you're going to spend with them. After that, you, there's only 10% left throughout the rest of your life that you're going to see them. And so there's only 18 years that you, you've got them. And so for her, she had four kids, whatever. She gets to see them for 20 plus years. And then after that, she has to figure out her purpose beyond that. And she's figuring that out now. And for me, I think about that a lot. I'm like, I'm... For just in my personal perspective is like, how could I have ever thought that I could have kids before I knew what I wanted to give to the world? Like, how could I even begin to think that I would bring kids into this world without knowing what the fuck I wanted to do here? Because then I just bring kids in and I'm like providing for them whatever and then these kids are just watching me mindlessly aim from the hip and fire away and not know because the majority of my focus is on them and then like half my focus is on like my craft or whatever and this is just me it's like i i'm glad that i didn't i'm glad that i took the time now that i hit the 26 and i'm like oh wait this is what i want to do with my life now i can pursue this and if kids happen they're going to come into this world with their dad hitting the ground running like already doing his shit and so right from the get-go like i said like i want to make sure that they have the head start not only genetically but mentally now that i've read all of these books now that I've built all of this information and now that I'm trying to build this legacy this like impact and like helping men and women and all these like different realms and helping build more leaders like they know okay I've, I've got to build this way or this is like they'll just have that visual representation of like oh like I've got to know my purpose before I create kids and I'm not saying that it's like wrong to have kids earlier I'm just saying that like having kids before you're 26 like you don't even know who you are you have no clue who you are in this world. And so, as a man, like, you don't know before you're 26. Like, you have absolutely no clue. They have some like, idea. Yeah, it's, it's the debate, because, I mean, in my, like, personally, I've always thought, you know, always, yeah, I got to be established before, you know, I even dive into a marriage and mm -hmm. settling down with a woman and having kids. But then again, you know, some someone said something that really stuck with me. It's just like, marriage is about creating your life with someone 
and not trying to form it after you've already created it. And that's really stuck in my head because it's just like, oh, maybe you aren't supposed to wait forever. So it's it's just like, do I settle down and have kids, you know, before I decide where I'm going and that way I can focus on where I'm going after that? Or do I, you know, once I'm kind of established and where I'm going, then I settle down, have kids, and then I could st still focus? Or do I wait till like I'm already got the residual income coming in and I could settle down, have kids, so I don't have to worry about a lot of things? It's that's the whole debate is like, where do where does it fall into it? And I think it's just it's it's personal choice, but you got to take into consideration because I mean, I've seen a lot of people that, you know, they they found a wife pretty quick. They've had kids pretty quick. And then then they're trying to figure out where they want to go. And it's and while trying to establish a family and provide for the family and the children. And it, it's a rough deal if you're going to have kids early because you got to deal with all of that. So, I mean, whatever, you just got to, I think it's just important to realize that you got to consider all these things because it's, mm -hmm. it could make things more challenging, especially if you have kids young, if you get married young, but you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like yeah. it's, it's what I've been thinking about a lot is just when, when is the correct time? I don't know. Maybe when you find someone, when's yeah. the correct time? You got to just yeah. decide that with uh, your partner. You know, when's the correct time to have kids? You know, based on your goals and where you want to go. And mm -hmm. well, I and I guess a lot of my bias also comes back to like my upbringing. Like I said, um, like one of the things that I was bothered by as a child is I didn't get to spend any time with my father. Like the times that I spent with my father was very minimal, and um, now that I'm past eighteen, like I've I can honestly say that the, the time that I spent with him was very little. And the time that I'm going to spend with him for the rest of my life at all is going to be very, very minimal. And I think for me personally, it's just like making sure that I'm well established and have the residual income so that I can have the time with my kids because my father didn't have that. And then he was trying to create something big while he didn't even have his kids. And then the time was spent, and now the time is spent. And it's like, okay, I don't want to emulate that. No, no disrespect on him. It's just like that they had kids, trying to figure it out, travel, whatever. And then like, the time's up. Like that's just kind of how it goes. It's like I look at that and like, okay, I want to make sure that I spend all my time with my kids. That actually, like, when I have kids, I'm there. <clears throat> like I am completely like available to them. Because I mean, like you said, like you were like you find somebody you have kids and you're still trying to figure out whatever this is like i said a lot of half of your at least half of your attention is now spending like trying to figure out your purpose or what you're going to do in this world while the other half you're like trying to spend on your kids like i want to make sure that i've already figured this out so that this time is so much bigger now because then i can allocate like four hours a day to my work instead of like for my dad it was 16 hours a day he was working 16 hours a day for like 20 plus years and I want to get to the point where I'm only working four hours or less a day so that I get eight hours with my kids at least six hours every day like I want to be able to give them my full attention when they have me when they get like me in their life I want to make sure that they have my full attention so that's my bias that's where I'm like okay I don't I want to wait till I have this built <clears throat> the residual money coming in so that when the time comes they have me I'm there and I'm not somewhere else trying to build something so that they, they can watch me work for those four hours. They can go, dad, how did you build this? <clears throat> like it works so fluidly. Like all my other friends, parents, like they don't get to see their dad. That's so weird. Like, it's like, well, like I took my time. That, that's something that like, I'm just really grateful for. I look back and I'm like, damn, I'm so glad I didn't have kids with her. Like, oh, I'm so glad I didn't have kids with her. <laughs> so glad I didn't have kids with her. <laughs> like, that's just I that. Think <laughs> That's a really essential thing to think about is, I mean, there's tons of studies on it. It's just having the father spend time with the children. I mean, that is crucial for their upbringing. It, it, it has so many positive uh, influences on that child. And so, yeah, I think when you're considering all these things, that's definitely something you need to consider is just how am I as a father going to be spending time with my children? And if I, where I'm going, what I'm looking at, doesn't involve me spending time with these children then maybe i should wait to have children because mm -hmm. 
you don't want those children to suffer just because you don't have time to spend with them. But and then it goes along the lines of another thing that I've been thinking about is, you know, some people have big dreams and big pursuits they want to pursue in life. They want to, you know, have a lot of money, have residual income down the road, um, you know, have these big dreams. But other people are fine with just working a nine to five job the rest of their life in this company, just working that. And mm-hmm. I mean, it just depends on who you are. I mean, I see benefits in both. But if you're going to work that nine to five for the rest of your life, I mean, I think any time is probably good for children because you're you're not investing that much time as long as you're going home and you're able to spend your time with your family. So I, it's just where, where, where are your goals at? Are you going to be pursuing a dream that's going to require a lot of investment of time early on? Then maybe you should wait on children. But are you OK just working your nine to five job for the rest of your life? Maybe getting a little advancements there, uh, but then come home and ha- with your children. It's probably OK to, you know, have children earlier on. I think that's. Uh, different things to consider when in all those aspects that's a good point i actually didn't think about that that's a really good point just because like i've seen my goals as like so high i forget that some people like are happy in like whatever nine to five they're doing like whether it be the dentist the doctor it's like a teacher like they're happy in that position and i you know i do overlook that. I'm gonna be honest. I do overlook that just because, like, I look at my goals and I'm like, shit, like that's so far. Like, I've gotta wait for these little ninos. Like, we can't have them yet. But you're right. Like, yeah, people who are happy in their their position where they're at, what they're doing. Like, yeah, it, it makes sense to have kids and come home and spend time with them in the evening, with their homework, you know, and the things that they're doing, their sports, and whatnot. So it does make sense. Like, it does. I, you're you're right. I, and I didn't see it from that angle. I honestly didn't think about that much i mostly just saw from my bias angle of like oh shit i want to accomplish that all right you you kids can wait (laughs) wait i got shit to do well there's an interesting thing about you know your hobbies and then your income and because if you decide you want to combine those it's a challenging thing and you Mm got to do things you don't want to do regardless you know uh for example, I like producing music, right? Um, I could do that just for fun. I, I don't have to make money off of it. But if I want to make it a career, I'm going to have to do marketing. I'm going to have to do a lot of things that I don't necessarily want to do. You know, I, I just want it. So it kind of takes away from the hobby. So there are people that are just fine. It's just like, I'm going to have my income and then I'm going to have my hobbies. It's okay mm-hmm. to separate them. It just depends on who you are. And if, <laughs> if that's the case, yeah. When it comes to children, I mean, I don't think it matters. But it just... Uh, I've always thought about it because, you know, with all my hobbies and and income, I mean, the question is whether you want to decide to try to pursue a hobby that brings money. I mean, that's a, it's a weird thing to think about because, you know, you're going to have to implement things that you don't want to do. You're going to have to implement. It's going to be hard. You're going to have to grind. You're going to have to stay consistent. It takes a lot away from the hobby. And it could make the hobby uh, irritating and less enjoyable because you now got to do things to try to make that hobby an income. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, it's just something I've thought about. It's interesting. There's a quote that actually goes alongside that. Just because I've been watching a lot of Alex Ramosi these last couple of weeks, and he, he talks a lot about um, picking your one thing that you enjoy suffering through and just doing that thing. Continually finding any and all ways to improve and make that thing, make yourself the best in that category. Um, so whether it's like washing windows, whether that's making music, whether that's dancing, whether that's mowing lawns, like whatever it is that you are doing that you enjoy suffering through, that other people cannot stand to suffer through, like the. 99% of people, and I can say this without a doubt, 99% of people do not want to suffer through learning the guitar. But if somebody's out there that's like, I actually like suffering learning the guitar. I like that, that, that time spending you know, learning the guitar. It kind of sucks learning these things, learning how to market my music, learning the pains of like putting it on Spotify, whatever. You're going to face those pains. But pick your one thing and aggressively chase every possible angle of it. Because then you—that's how you make the money 
doing it. And he, he brought up a lot of examples of women billionaires. And there's this woman who's a billionaire and she owns a roofing company. Like they just replace roofs. She's a billionaire because she became the best at figuring out like the best roofs or how to make like and provide the best quality service when replacing roofs or building roofs. And it just comes down to like picking your one thing that you enjoy suffering through, that you enjoy the little suffering through and suffer through every possible angle of it. Whether it's making music, suffer through the marketing, suffer through the putting it on Spotify. Um, so like my thing this last week, um, and you saw this, uh, was I obviously I love working out. Like we both love working out. And I've had an incredibly difficult time video recording myself. And you're like, bro, come on, like, get your videos, get your videos. And I'm like, shit, man, shit. Like, which is weird because I've been lifting for like 13 years. And I'm like, I'm so scared to record myself. And it's a suffering that I have to go through, that I have to face. And once I did it, the, literally the first recording, I was so timid. I was so scared to set up my tripod in the gym. I was like, ah, shit, oh my God. I've been doing this for 13 years and I was scared to set up a tripod for, to record me working out. I was terrified. And it was a, it was a, it was an angle of suffering that I had to go through, and the first three videos, it, I was terrified. I was so, and this is funny coming from me. Typically, people see me, they're like, "Oh, Tanner doesn't give a shit about anything. He fires from the hip and doesn't care." Like, I was scared to record myself working out. I was terrified of it, not because of any sort of external judgment or anything like that. It was just this like idea of me being on a video camera, like working out. It's my passion. It's the thing I love to do. And so, like, to, to be able to put it on video, like, out there is like, shit, man. Like, people are going to see my secrets of what I do. Like, and after the first three three or four clips that I got, I blasted through 30 videos. Like, I got, like, 30 clips after that. No problem. I was like, wow, like, this is amazing. But getting through that little bit of, like, resistance of that, like, you got to record. Just try it a little bit. And then, like, <clears throat> I mean, I mean you probably experience it putting your first songs on like Spotify. You're like, shit, how do I do this? Like, what am I doing? How do I even get this on here? Like, who do I pay? Like, what do I, what do I got to set up? And then you finally do it. You're like, wait, I can do it myself. Like, this isn't that bad. Okay, shit. But the first little bit of, there's an, an amount of suffering that you got to like put up front. <clears throat> and I think that you have to find all the different angles, <clears throat> excuse me, of what you're trying to do and suffer through every single one of those angles of the thing that you enjoy doing. I like that. Yeah, if you were like, I guess if you want to uh, make a hobby more than a hobby, or even, I guess, anything in life, you want to progress it to a certain level. I mean, it takes, there's barriers, you know, and you, there's fear that you got to overcome because, and I think a lot of it as, uh, ha you have to be really humble because the initial progression is, you aren't gonna see results. I mean, you know, thinking about all the platforms I'm trying to create, you know, with, it's just, I like to think of it as working out. Um, you know, when you start working out, you're not gonna see results for like three months, even more, you know, but only by staying consistent for three plus months are you gonna start seeing those results. So you gotta be extremely humble and you gotta stay consistent and you gotta stop overthinking things because you're gonna be thinking, man. Like, let's say you're starting a social media, you know, you're you're building a personal brand. You're gonna have zero views for months. Like, <laughs> and there's if you look at any big YouTuber, and a lot of them talk about it, it's just like your first videos, they're not gonna do anything, or your first content, it's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And you gotta be humble enough just to keep going, you know, mm -hmm. and and don't get discouraged just because you don't have the results you want immediately which is hard, especially nowadays when we all want those instant gratification. But it just comes to show you got to take the leap. You got to push past the barrier and you got to stay consistent. And with that, you could do, you could progress in any area. If you want to make your hobby into a, a money building deal, if you want to build a platform for a fitness or music or whatever you want to do, just, yeah, it takes, and I think those barriers are, I don't know if I talked about it last episode, I remember talking about it, it's just the fears is, I think it's meant to be there, 
so you could overcome it and so you could deserve the reward so i think it's a cool thing to think about is just you got to push past you got to stay consistent and only through those things will you progress will you see what you want to see but unfortunately like 90 99 percent of people they're not going to make it they're going to give up they're going to not they're going to see the zero views the first week like i i'm not getting any views i can't do this but it's through consistency and the the effort push past the fear that's the only way you're going to grow um in in the book atomic habits james clear talks about that uh because we expect results to be linear we expect them to like we put in the work and we see the results as linear but in reality, when you're working on your craft, they're not linear. You start off with nothing, and then it goes up. And it goes up violently when it does. And we expect these results when the results are actually this way. And this little space in between is called the valley of disappointment. It's when we expect the results to be here, but the delayed gratification is what's going to happen. It's, it's, they're going to come. But you've got to put in the work first. Your half comes first before the results actually come. And I love that, like being able to face the valley of disappointment. First couple of weeks of like no views, like nobody watching anything. Like you just continually put in the work. And it's the same thing with working out. Like you go to the gym, work out, you come home, you don't see results. Next day, you go to the gym, you work out, you come home, you don't see results. The third day, you go to the gym, you work out, come home and you don't see results and that is that's what it's like that's exactly what it's like and then a month later you're like wait i've lost some weight i'm a little bit stronger like just little results just tiny little results but you don't realize that you are packing on like so much on the back end like this is the point is we expect the results to be like perfectly linear but that's not the case they always there's always in any craft in any practice there's always this delayed result and when it finally takes off it really really takes off but you've got to be willing to put in the time and face the valley of disappointment because that's exactly what it is the valley of absolute disappointment where you're like nothing's happening why am i doing this and you're going to question your sanity that's the point like, why am i doing this you're doing this because you love to do it you're doing this because you want the end result don't expect it to come overnight at one point, it's going to seem like it came overnight. You're going to look back 10 years and you're going to be like, wow, that happened so quick. But it took 10 years. Some people are like, I don't want to put in the 10 years of work. I don't, I don't want to face that. And that's okay. But if you're chasing something big, expect the delayed gratification. Expect that valley of disappointment. And if you can expect the valley of disappointment, then you can get through it. This is just the valley of disappointment. You just got to keep putting in the reps. Keep putting them in keep putting them in and I know I'll get what I want I know I'll get what I want I just have to keep going I like uh, there's a video I reposted the other day um, I thought it was really cool it shows basically two balls on these these tracks and one of the tracks is just straight straight down you know straight to the goal but the other one it's like curved it goes up and down right and which ball goes faster it's the curved one because it gets that momentum on the down to shoot it back up and it goes it beats it like hands down beats it all the way to the goal and then i think that's just a cool analogy to you know seeking any goal it's just we need those downs and it gives us that momentum you know (laughs) maybe if you're in the gym you know you're not seeing those results maybe you're gonna work out a little harder because you want to see those results which will help the results come quicker it's just those downhills are gonna help that momentum like uh last night i was working out with a friend and i'm on my cut right now and so me i'm like working hard i'm like uh what's the point what's the point of working out on the cut it's like i'm not getting the muscle like i am on the bulk i'm like what am i doing you know what's what's the point of the cut just kind of sarcastically and he says you're priming your muscles for your bulk and it's true like by the time i hit that bulk my muscles are primed and ready and i'm gonna be able to put on muscle pretty quick and Mm -hmm. so it's just that with anything in life you know, that downhill is going to help you. It's going to build that momentum. It's going to prime you and get you ready for when that mm-hmm. time to grow comes. And so you just got to keep consistent, keep pushing because it will come. Yeah. So I think, yeah. It's just delayed. That's the thing is you've got to be willing to face the delayed gratification and put in the time. I, I, I would butcher it, but 
Alex Ramosi also has this quote. It's like, if you are willing to not be paid for something for a year, if you're willing to put in the work for something and not be paid for it for a year, you will live comfortably for the rest of your life. If you were, actually, I think it starts off as like, if you're not willing to be paid for something for a couple of months, you'll be paid all right. But if you're not willing to, if you're willing to go a year without pay and build something, you'll be living pretty well above your means. If you are willing to go 10 years without pay, you will make more than 99, like you will make more than you could have ever possibly dreamed. And I think that's, that puts a lot into perspective because if you're willing to build something for 10 years, like you think of anything, like working out in general, we've been doing this for 13 years. Like first four years, I didn't see any results. I didn't see like any results. My goal was just to get a six pack. I was like, I just want a six pack like my brother. And like, that's all I wanted at the beginning. It's like, I just want a six pack. And like, it was so hard to get a six pack. It was so damn hard. And I was working on all these other angles, my biceps and shoulders, all these other things, you know, my cardiovascular health. And like, after five years, I saw great results, like great results. And I was like, let's keep going, man. Let's, let's keep pushing it. We're 13 years deep. Yesterday, I clocked a thousand reps all over my body just because I could. And that's, that's something that like most people couldn't even dream of accomplishing in the gym. They're like, I could maybe get to a hundred reps of something, like if I really, really, really try. But it's not easy. But I can clock those a thousand and wake up today and like, if I want to do right now, I can easily do a hundred push-ups, no problem. And it's because I put in the 13 years of work that my body is now primed to consistently perform. And my genetic expression is beyond what I could have ever dreamed it to be in high school. Like those four years where I was really just trying to get a six pack, I have violently surpassed that goal. Like violently surpassed that goal. And to a point where like I can, if I wanted to completely like stop working out and just work out once a week and still maintain a great physique. Most people cannot do that. They'd have to put in the 10 years of work. And it takes the 10 years thousands upon thousands upon thousands of reps for their body to get primed, like you said. It takes that like downward movement and then little successes. It's just the work and it to get anything you want, you have to be willing to go through that valley of disappointment. For for my six back to four years of disappointment. <laughs> four years of disappointment, man, I was pissed. Yeah. I was so sad. When I got One thing it, I found really useful when it comes to you know these lows uh is finding dual motives like it has really helped me uh re refrain from being discouraged like for example with this podcast um one of my personal goals is to be able to speak and get my thoughts out clearly and so now i have a dual motive for this podcast for my music uh I enjoy making music, you know, and I, the more I do it and by maintaining frequency and consistency, I'm going to become better with it. And so that's a dual motive for my music, uh, you know, with my personal fitness brand, you know, by recording myself, I'm able to correct my form and stay consistent with things. And so that's a dual motive for my workout. And so by t maintaining these dual motives, uh, you ensure that you could always have something you're working on and it's, it's, it makes it harder to become discouraged because even if one thing is failing, you got the other thing going for you. You can focus on that. It's like, hey, no, I'm still bettering in this. Hey, I'm still, mm -hmm. I'm still improving my form on my workouts. I found, like for example, when I read, I, I like to go and read in the sun. You know, get a tan, get some vitamin D. And so finding these dual motives and all these things. If one thing fails, if one thing's getting you discouraged, you could always return your attention on the other thing it's like oh i'm still improving in this so i'm gonna continue doing this it's it becomes really hard to stay consistent if you're only seeing these these negatives and these downsides and this discouragement but that's one thing that i've always enjoyed is trying to create these dual motives dual rewards and all these things that i do and it it always has helped me maintain this constant momentum Interesting. I've actually never thought of that. That's really cool. Dual motives. Um, I need to write that down, actually. I've never thought of that. Um, but that's genius. Dual motives on everything that you're pursuing. Find not only one thing that you're aiming for, but a second goal to get out of it. So that the, when you don't see results on the one, you know you're getting the other. 
that's something I've never thought of, but that's really interesting to think about. And it, it applies to anything you want to pursue. And then, like, like you said, reading. Because um, I've, I've wanted to be a better reader for a long time. It's like, I want to read more. I want to read more. Um, just because, number one, I know it helps my speech. It helps my vocabulary. And I know it helps my ability to communicate. Um, but also, two, I... I just want to be more intelligent. And I know that I'm not going to get that just by sitting and doing nothing. Like I have to put in input and, and healthy input. And that's something I haven't thought about of like, even when I feel like a book is just incredibly hard for me to like consume, like I can worry about that second. I can think of like, oh no, I'm still getting that second motive. Like I'm putting in information. I am putting in a, an incredible amount of information. Like just today I was finishing up um, my other book and there was a word at the end of the book, which this doesn't happen too often. Um, maybe it's because I'm reading too low of a level. Um, <laughs> but there was a word that I didn't know. And I was like, I haven't seen this word I, like ever, like ever in my life. Um, I, I'll have to pull it up at some point and send it to you. I was really surprised. I was like, I've never seen this word in my life. Because there's words that you don't know that you've seen before. that You're like, oh, yeah, I'll have to look that one up. But then there's words that you have never heard and you're like, what? And it's just another thing to add to the vocabulary. I, I thought that was interesting. I haven't added it yet, just because I, I looked it up and I was like, okay, okay, I'm gonna have to write that one down. <laughs> um, but yeah, like choosing dual motives. I've never thought about that, but that's genius. That's absolutely, that's really insightful that, to start adding to my other goals is to make sure that I have outlined my bottom line dual motives. Like what are, what's the bottom line two motives that, I'm, that I've got in this work in this hobby, in this practice? What do I want to get out of this? At least two things there. At least, at minimum, two things. And I think that's interesting to think about. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I'll tell you this, everything I've ever improved on in life, I've had a dual motive to it. I mean, with workout, the reasons I stayed consistent, I mean, because if you have one one motive, it's it's going to uh, discourage you one time or another. You're, gonna, you're not going to mm -hmm. see the results you want to one time or another. And so, like with working out, you know, I get stronger and I could look better. I mean, I have dual motives with that, but it's just helpful to have that something that always backs it up, you know, for like if I'm reading and the book either isn't just isn't that good or maybe I just spent the whole day just skimming it, you know, I, I think we've all been there where it's like, actually, what did I just read again? Mm -hmm. And you're just like, yeah, you know what, maybe reading isn't for me. And it, if with everything, I think, we you know, we've all given up on things. And I guarantee everything you've given up on, you didn't have a second motive. And so, like, if I yeah, just read a book and it got challenging and it was uninteresting, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to read. But then again, well, the second you think that, your second motive comes in your head. Like, actually, I'm increasing my, my intellectual capacity by reading that. So I need to keep reading. It just, it's interesting ever since I started applying that is it always backs it up. You know, the second I think of the discouragement, the second motive pops in say, Hey, no, don't forget about me. You want to continue doing this. And I just, it's been something that has been really useful for me just wanting to improve in every area that I want to improve in is just having that, that backup just to support your uh, efforts. That's really cool. That's actually amazing. I've never thought about that and I need to start doing that. Um, with everything it probably would have helped me with my vitamins this week <laughs> and I'll tell you this if you don't have a dual motive maybe you shouldn't be doing it I'll tell you that mm -hmm. like everything you do where you want to progress you should have multiple reasons for doing that multiple benefits because those are the things that are really going to benefit you in life it's assigning value to the things you want to do Elon Musk talks about that as he won't you won't retain any information unless you assign value to the information. And in my mind, you won't retain any any input whatsoever unless you assign value to it. And I think assigning more than one piece of value to a, a specific kind of information or something that you're trying to do will more solidify, or in a sense, make it more concrete and viable to you or reliable to you is if you have value in it, not just one piece of value, not just like, oh, I just want a six pack. Like, I want to be healthy. Like, 
I want healthy cardiovascular. Like if you have more than one motive, just even two, two is the minimum. Because then when you're not seeing the six pack, like, oh, but I, I am learning how to work out or I am improving my health in general. That's like a huge thing. That's something I've never thought about. That's really cool though. It's interesting. Shit. I'm definitely writing that one down. Keeping that one. <laughs> All right. Um, let's go over goals, man. Uh, how'd you do on your goals this week? Intellectual. Um, let me think. What did I do? What was my intellectual goal? <laughs> I'm spacing I, here. I know the week prior was uh, to write the chapter, and then this last week I can't think of it. Was there so a no, caffeine? You... Caffeine was my physical. Caffeine was your physical. And I um, did. I did refrain from caffeine. You did refrain from caffeine. But I'll tell you this. Uh, on a cut, <laughs> it's hard because yeah. uh, I mean you just don't have that reservoir of energy. You know, you're you're literally starving yourself, and so mm -hmm. going to the gym without the caffeine, it's difficult. Uh, yeah, you don't have that energy, and so it was difficult. Um, but I think it's it's eye it's eye opening. I mean, if you take caffeine frequently, I would I would suggest going a little bit without it. I mean, it it helps the caffeine be more effective for one when you take it the next time and for two it just opens up your eyes a little to what it's doing to you but yeah i went with caffeine without a week i don't know if i'm gonna continue but i will make it uh, less frequent i just want to okay. do it every once in a while when i think i need it or could benefit really from it um oh yeah my my mental one was uh finishing atomic habits oh did you finish it yeah i finished that book is so good that book is, is. so good it's really good, really good, really well written. I mean, a lot of crazy ideas just on how to build and break habits. It's it's a really good read. I mean, if anyone's into self-help, like read that, read that and, book, it's a must. In reading that book, anybody who decides to read it, I highly advise you to take notes. Highly, highly, highly advise you to take notes. In whether it's your phone, whether it's on a notepad, take notes, write the things down that you like because that book is a gold mine of information. Really yeah, make, it, make it personal too I mean because reading through that you're going to be thinking about all the habits you want to build and all the habits you want to break and mm -hmm. so yeah just writing all those things down as you're reading it is yeah you're going to change your life just thinking about all of that and so yeah. it, was, it was super good I enjoyed it um, and what, do you, what goals do you want to set this week okay yeah I was thinking about this a little bit before um Physical, what I'm going to try this week is I want to implement meditation into my life. Um, but I feel like I got to figure out how I want to do that because I also want to implement uh, getting vitamin D um, or sunlight uh, quickly right after I wake up, like within the first half hour. And I also want to implement breathing, uh, taking some time to really take some deep breathing and and I'm wondering if I could create a kind of a meditation routine in the morning that involves all those things and so that's going to be my physical goal is just trying to establish a meditation this week and creating a routine with that and with intellectual I also want to create a routine is is writing writing is I don't know why it's so challenging for me it's so challenging like I love the idea of the end result of writing, you know, being able to have a book and with all these awesome ideas and stuff. But the process of writing is just extremely challenging for me. And so this week I want to find a way to build a routine, you know, pretty much using what I used in atomic or learned in atomic habits, just all the simple steps of building a habit. I want to build a habit of writing and I got to find a way to do that that makes it easier and more desirable for me because writing is just so challenging so that's gonna be my goals this week is just establishing two habits that I want to implement in my life start with writing for two minutes set a timer and then put it down after two minutes you're not allowed to pick it back up for that day and if you have to pick it up but only for two minutes and you're only allowed to write for two minutes try it dude just yeah I'm gonna it. try it I'm gonna try a lot of things I'll, okay next episode I'll update everyone okay 
What about you? What about your goals? Okay, so intellectual goal was to finish How Successful People Think um, by John C. Maxwell. I finished it. Um, I liked it. I liked it. I did enjoy it. Um, I don't feel that I, like you said, sometimes you skim through books. Sometimes you don't retain too much. I feel like at least a, a third of it, I felt like I was really just skimming and I wasn't very interested in it. Um, but I did get a lot out of it. I did get a lot of good in insight um, on thinking. And I can see why I stopped reading it so many years ago. Um, just because I was very egotistical on some of the, the things that he talks about in here. I'm like, man, I'm already that. I'm already that. Like, I'm already a positive thinker. Like, this book is useless to me. But there was a lot of other insight in there that I did need. So it was good. Um, finished it. I enjoyed it. But I do feel like I should read it again at some point in the near future and actually highlight it. Because it is a physical book. I don't, I don't feel that I have the right to highlight it, it's, which is a huge problem to me. I only highlight my digital books. Uh, but I need to get comfortable doing that. <laughs> I need to get comfortable writing and highlighting in my physical books. Uh, there's just some sort of weird mental resistance upon writing in a, a book that I need to get past. Um, and then my physical goal, I think, was five days <laughs> for my vitamins. All right, first of all, <laughs> I've taken the fenugreek, the zinc, the ashwagandha, the biotin, the apple cider vinegar, I've taken those every single day, okay? But that damn green drink, I've taken only twice. And I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate it so much. It's so disgusting. Um, so I'm not going to repeat that one. I'm not be trying that. The second week, failing that goal. But I've taken all my other vitamins. Um, I need to get a different multivitamin. <laughs> I need to get a different one. That one sucks. So... Um, for my intellectual goal this week, I just started this morning uh, reading Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Um, and I want to, well, wait, there is a book that I was reading aside from How Successful People, yeah, How Successful People Think, and it is As a Man Thinketh uh, by Jane, I can't remember by Jane, something. it's only 60 pages, so that one's going to take me, like, it's going to. It is a thinker. Like, it's a really, really, really good book so far. I'm only, like, 20 pages in, but I'm going to blast through that in, like, two days. So I want to get at least halfway through Think and Grow Rich this week. At least halfway. Um, so finish that little, little tiny book. Because um, I'm, I'm literally highlighting every single page in that book, as a man thinking. There's that every single page is just covered in highlights. It's such a good book. But it, like I said, it's only 60 pages, so it'll be really quick. But for my intellectual goal, I want to get halfway through Think and Grow Rich. It will be the third time I read Think and Grow Rich this year. But this book is really good, and I like I really, really like some of the information. We talked about it before we started um, the episode, some of the stuff that I've read in here. And I, I really want to read it again, just because I feel like there's things that I'm missing in my current life right now that I want. So intellectual goal is halfway through Think and Grow Rich. Um, as a man thinketh, but it's just gonna, gonna be quick. Um, but then physical goal. What do I want to accomplish? Um, <clears throat> physical goal. I've started bulking. So. Lucky. I know. Are you jealous? Are you jealous? <laughs> I am. <laughs> it's so nice. It's so nice. Um, for my physical goal, um, in my bulk, I work on more hypertrophy or hypertrophy, however you want to pronounce it. And so I slow things down quite a bit. Um, and I want to slow things down even more um, when it comes to, to my lifts. So for the last six months I've spent, when I'm in my gym sessions, I'm only there for maybe an hour to an hour and a half. Now that I'm in my bulk, I like to spend more time in the gym because I slow things down so much. Um, but I do carb load pretty well before the gym. I want to, my gym sessions, I want four of them this week, at least four that are over two hours. I want to break two hours on them. And I know for some people, like, that's unnecessary. But the way I slow things down and the way I attack things, I, I like to really, really take my time on my bulk. Uh, because focusing on hypertrophy, 
those of you that don't know, you need at least two seconds up and two seconds down for maximal muscle recruitment. And so you have to slow things down a lot. So at least four gym sessions that are over two hours long. Yesterday I hit two hours and 46 minutes and that was great. That was amazing. So starting this week, at least four that are over two hours. And I really, really want to suffer in my bulk. I want to put some, some pain in the gym and I want to eat a lot. So four gym sessions over two hours. That's my, my physical since I'm bulking. I want to be a thick boy on the next one. Next episode will be thick. <laughs> That's instant gratification. Come on, you won't get that. <laughs> I know, I know. It's going to take a while. It'll be a bit. Sweet. All right. Well, that concludes Two Minutes to Life, episode six. I'll see you next week.